check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast on wearecalvin.com. I'm Damien Donahue. Delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, on the podcast this week. Paul, how are you keeping? Not too bad, Damien. Not That's too bad. Podcasts and papers and kept the usual crack. Ah, sure, you're kept busy. And then winning the odd Ulster medal, sure. Just to throw that in. Yeah, well, sure, you can't brag too much about winning medals and in, in Ulster medals in handball. They throw them out like. You might get them in your change if you're not careful. Although, in fairness, you, you've done you started a very interesting podcast there for us on on We Are Handball, um, which is obviously your your major passion. But a great debate on on that podcast this week. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's uh, a labour of love, I suppose. Handball. I I tried to do a handball podcast before and didn't really keep it going. But this time we're gonna hopefully try and keep it going. So this week I had. Uh, Tony Healy so people will be familiar with him he was Paul Brady's biggest rival for maybe 9 or 10 years a few years ago from Cork and a fellow called Seamus Toomey from Antrim who's a uh, good handball man as well and they were debating uh, all the changes that, that need to be made to the floor in handball and are too many grades like people don't realise in handball there are there are hundreds of All-Irelands handled out each year and I always believe that it, de- it devalues the achievement of, of the likes of a Paul Brady or whoever who who wins uh, a senior All Ireland or wins? Like there are certain All Irelands that are hard won, and there are certain All Irelands that aren't. Like there, there's certain All Irelands. We're talking about over fifty five Bs and things like that. Some of these grades, you might get a bite to an All Ireland final, you know. And I think it devalues the thing. And on a macro level, in handball, when you never finish playing, so in football you finish playing and you naturally uh, go into coaching or administration or selling lottos or whatever it is with your club, you give back. In handball, you're always always playing. So it creates a massive vacuum of volunteers as well. So that's something that, w- that was talked about on the podcast. So it's, it's we a are great handball. podcast without without giving away too much on it. But it's a it's a great debate actually. I have to say I I not into handball the way you are anyway. But uh, very I, few are. I, I thought <laughs> yeah I thought I thought it was was very interesting and, and while I'd have from talking to you been falling on one side the, the podcast changed my mind. But but we leave it at that because people have to go and listen to it. Even if you're not into handball, it's worth listening to. It's, it's a very very interesting debate. But um, on the We Are Cavan podcast this week, we're going to be looking at the Cullis Craft Bakery Junior Championship quarterfinal results and the replays to come up. We're going to be looking at the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate quarterfinal results and the semi-finals to come up this weekend. We've the senior quarterfinals, the remaining ones, and the results from the last two. We've also interviews from the Kings Cup manager Bernie Murray and Michael McDer- or Michal McDermott from Rammer United. Uh, we're going to be very quickly previewing the ladies' senior final between Mullahorn and Lorgan. Uh, we'll be talking about the new development that Cavan are going to be doing at Kingspan Breffney and the under-20s job, the, the date for application d- closed on Monday night. So we'll be bringing you an update on the new Cavan potentially under-20s manager. Um, I suppose to start off, Paul, we'll start with the Cullies Craft Bakery Junior Championship. You were um, helping me out with the commentary on Saturday. I was a little bit preoccupied, but um, you, you were you were treated to an absolutely brilliant game. Oh, here. I, I don't mean to use foul language on the on the podcast, Damien, but in the last 10 minutes of the Knockbride-Kildana game, I lost my shit. <laughs> I, went, I, I went absolutely crazy in, on the commentary. and I'm not used to commentating, as you say, I was doing a stand-in job, but... 
that not bright Kildallan game was one hell of an advertisement for junior football in this county it was brilliant like the standard of play was was much much higher than than uh, junior standard what you come to expect from junior standard now I have to say from what I saw of the Drung and Shanigales game after it was more what you would associate with, with junior football it was dour stuff 8 points apiece there was nothing like that in the Kildallan not bright game two primarily young teams mm-hmm. both playing great attacking football and it had everything unbelievable drama Kildallan would feel they should have won the game they, they hit the woodwork I think two or three times they had several goal chances and there were three points up coming near the end Nutbride got a penalty missed it the ball broke in the square and uh, Adrian Carroll who came off for Nutbride and had a brilliant game generally starts the game for, for Nutbride a wing half forward Adrian Carroll he wasn't starting but he pulled on it and it looked like it was going to hit the top corner and it went wide and I was sitting on the couch I can't believe he's missed it next thing the hand went up for a 45 and it, it turned so out that it was insane. it was someone got a hand to it from the 45 Jordan McCabe swung it over the bar young lad to step up and swing over a 45 that made a two point game they came, they came, they came back and levelled Kildalla went back down the field and it was Niall Cassidy who held his nerve all the Bright players were back the ball was worked through the hands Cassidy fired over the bar absolute jubilant scenes back down the field that man Larry Riley had been brought on for an upright and while the play was progressing up the right wing, everyone was watching that. Kyle Sheridan, friend of mine, who was who played a brilliant game for Kildallan, he turned in an unbelievable shift. He was dropping back to full back to Mark um, Larry, and out of the blue, <laughs> you looked across, and there was was Larry on the ground and Kyle on top of him. And uh, I'm not saying Larry bought the free, but he used all his experience, and he actually played very well when he came in in the last ten minutes. Larry, he settled the whole thing down, just laid off a few nice passes. That was a free in. It wasn't actually that easy. It was an easy free ordinarily, but the pressure was unbelievable. It was sixty-seven and a half minutes gone at this stage, and the wind was 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 quite yeah. Strong oh, it was swirling all around this, and it was Jordan McCabe then who stepped up and he just slotted over, and you could see the relief on his face because the, the story after the game would have been not Pride missed a twenty-yard free to get a yeah. draw, but it was a tricky enough free, and he, he put it over. It was a class game. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it it sounded like it. In fairness, um, the replay of that game is on. I'm just trying to bring it up on the fixtures here. Um, it's on this weekend anyway. I don't think it's in Kingspan Breffney though. From my memory, seeing it, it's uh, Saturday evening in Emmet Park. Saturday afternoon, Emmet Park at three o'clock. Um, Emmet Park is mine's gone blank. At Butters Bridge. Butters Bridge. Butler's Bridge so yeah 3 o'clock in Butler's Bridge the, the replay of that quarter final um, one line how do you see the, the, the replay going smaller pitch very much a smaller pitch yeah uh, nothing in it there's very little in it I thought Kildallan were just a better team the last day but they they really did panic in the last 10 minutes all the signs of panic were there you know they were just coughing up possession and Knockbride were more composed um, but I think not. Bri- I think Kildallan are just about the better team. They're that little bit older, and they're not, not an old team by any by any stretch. But they're a couple of years older. There's an awful lot of teenagers on the on the Nupride team. Uh, although they got very good leadership from some of their other players, like Peter O'Reilly had a great game. Hmm. Um, but Clark as well at the back. Yeah, the, sticky. Yeah, very very strong. Um, I, I think if if Kildallan plays their potential, I think they'll win. But if they panic or anything like that, now Bride aren't afraid to win. They've, they've definitely not one of these teams that I think Kildallan, you know, they've been down for so long. They know this year they have a great chance. And there was that little fear of just winning that you see sometimes with a team that's not used to winning. But 
that's got to make us of another cracker I have to say yeah we look forward to that as I say in Butler's Bridge 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon the second game of the quarter-finalist Cully's Craft Bakery quarter-finals where our uh, Ballymacue against Nugent convincing win by Ballymacue in the end but the crucial call was David Givney black carded first 10 minutes or so I wasn't in for this this point but your your opinion was it a black card by letter of the law? Yeah, my my opinion on the black card is I think it's a bad rule, but and I think it's wrong that a player tangles with a player in the middle of the field and really there's nothing happening, you know, and he goes off. It's a letter of the law. I, th- I think it was a black card, but it was an awful pity because I was thinking we we're going to see Buchanan against Givney in the middle of the field. It would have yeah. been brilliant in a junior match like you're talking with two quality players, but. Um, there was very little in it in it in the first half. It was one five to four points at half time. An absolutely phenomenal goal by Mark Kiernan. We've seen some great goals this year, and that was one. He caught the ball. He's got some leap on him. I don't know if you've seen much of him, David. Yeah, yeah. He's he he can leap three or four feet off the ground for a high ball. He marked the ball in the middle of the field, played a couple of one twos, ran through and put it in the top corner. Class. And that left it one five to four at half time, and then out of nowhere, suddenly it was a ten point game. I think um, Bally McHugh scored. 2-3 in about 3 or 4 minutes Alan Donahue with 2 of the goals and they were very well served by Anthony Baxter centre half they have a good half back line actually um, Dylan Kiernan as well great energy mm, good on, up and down the wing Buchanan in the middle of the field and Kiernan so I think this is the best Bally McHugh team we've seen they've been coming for 4 or 5 years but I think this is their best team now last year they're in 2 junior finals but this team is stronger but I think it'll need to be as well because the junior ranks in general are stronger Definitely, with, with three teams coming down from intermediate last year, and the same to happen this year, it's it's only going to get stronger. But yeah, I think you're right. Like last year, Ballymacue made the county final without the services of Liam Buchanan. So this year, while they they suffered the defeat to Drung, there it it probably shows Drung was one of the teams that came down from um, from intermediate yeah, last that's year. Right. Yeah, that's so right. like it it just goes to show that. You know, it, it it is a stronger competition this year, and Ballymacue are still going going strong in it. I'd love to see Ballymacue get over the line because there hasn't been much comment on this, but the, the club has lost so many finals in the last few years; it's unbelievable. From underage, under twenty one, reserve finals, mm. junior championship finals, the club. Someone told me they had lost something like thirteen or fourteen finals, and hadn't actually got a trophy. So they've, and they've kept at it and kept at it. So they deserve it. They deserve something. And look, you can tell they've done the work; they're in good shape. Yeah, and yeah, Stephen Baxter back in the helm. Yeah, he's After doing, a, a, year doing, away. doing a good job with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely has. Uh, moving on to Drummley against Kill Shamrocks on Sunday at uh, one o'clock. This was uh, at, it was a, another really entertaining junior championship game. I have to say, and I maybe slightly biased because it's Drummley, but they were down by. I'm just gonna pull up my notes here because um, they were they were down at one stage two five to two points, down by nine points. And uh, Drummley came back. I suppose the the early goal, Sean Gaffney got the first goal of the game on the fourth minute, and it was an absolute cracker of a goal. He he just burned by Enda McCormick. Now I don't know who's meant to be marking him at that stage, but Enda was trying to to compensate, get back. He just burned by him, and then tucked the ball in across James Heffern and underneath him onto the far side. So brilliant goal and brilliant start. And then they got the second goal where Emmett. Emmett McGee um, lobbed James Heffernan from about 20 yards out now slightly to the right hand side of the goal it, for, me, for me it looked like he meant it he definitely I thought he meant it some players reckon he, he may not have meant it that he was going for a point but either way it, it ended up in the net and 
I'd say at that stage they were just kill Shamrocks were, were just saying to themselves look we're home and now we're, we're, we have these boys on the ropes and they're not going to come back but credit to, to Drummalee a few frees um, from well one from uh, Bomber and then a point from my own brother Kevin and Dara Gaffney and John O'Connor and they started the torn a wee bit and then Kevin was put through for a goal uh, by Dara Donahue to make it to to bring the game back now to one seven two two six. So it really put Drummalee to the test. It it finished with with an unbelievable flurry again. The very end of the game, um, it was Kill Shamrocks, um, the centre half forward, Anthony Brady sent over a free to put them in front, or sorry, to level it with thirty one minutes gone, and then it looked like that was it. We we're going to be in for another draw in the Junior Championship quarterfinals, but. One chance for Dara Gaffney. Having a poor second half, stepped up, left foot, tight angle, and made no mistake. You know, he actually sold a dummy coming from his right foot onto his left foot and put it over the bar. Brilliant entertainer, I have to say. Really good game. And but that, that, it's interesting now that was the difference in that game, that little bit of class, because there's so many players on the Drum League team who've learnt their, their trade in senior ranks. Yeah. And you just have to do things a little bit quicker. You have to take your chances. And even though Drum League mightn't be playing particularly well, Form is temporary and class is permanent, and they they have that like, yeah. and that's why that's why I make them favourites for the junior because they're into a semi final now without having set the world alight. Came through a couple of scares. They'll have learned plenty about themselves. Like, would you back against Drummolly? You know, putting two good performances back to back now and winning the championship. Yeah, you 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 wouldn't. You definitely wouldn't. Now I think them them McHugh drung, and we'll move on into the drunk Shannon Gales game. Drung had a had a a blip of a, a poor performance. I haven't seen them play against Ballon McHugh in the previous round, I think it was, and they looked very, very good. Or sorry, it was two rounds ago. They looked very, very good. They didn't look good now against Shannon Gales and, and as you say, eight points apiece. Probably the less said about this game, the better. It, it really didn't light up at all. Now, conditions were horrible, in fairness. that It was it was very hard, but they were no different than they were in the Drummolly kill game an hour and a half before it so well Kevin Kearney wrote the report for the Celt and the headline that Kevin put on the report referred to a, a dire battle and I changed it to a dour battle it's, it's a subtle change but I didn't want to insult anyone by saying their efforts were dire but they were definitely dour yeah yeah definitely well you look at the second half Shannon Gale scored a point in the third minute of the second half and they didn't score again until the 31st minute and there was a free yeah. you know from Jason McLaughlin and that was the the leveller and well, my, oh, was it Colleran got it no no. Sorry, you're right. It yeah, was big Colleran. Big Colleran man from that's Galway, right. yeah. That's right. Man, Tom Riley said to me, uh, he was joining me on We Are Cavan commentary. That <coughs> excuse me, he togged out for Galway in the All-Ireland final of 2001. Yeah, I actually looked that up. Yeah, he did. He did. Some some, he, some weapon that Connemara have. man, yeah. He, I mean, he's he's uh, probably in his late 30s now or so. But well, 40. 40, I think, is he? yeah. yeah. I think but, so. Uh, I heard he played very well against Drummond as well. And he got sent off in one of the games. As well, so he's having an eventful championship. He definitely is. He's busy. Like your entire scoring for the second half were five points in total: two, two for Shannon Gales and three for Drung. Um, and off those five points, three of them coming from freeze. So, you know, it it it, it definitely wasn't one of the more entertaining games. But they'll go at it again this weekend. Um, just try and see exactly that's in Saint Aidan's Park at again three o'clock on Saturday. Saint Aidan's in Templeport. So. That's uh, that'll be an interesting enough one. All right, that the um, it, it's hard to know who who who'll come through that one. I think it's going to be a very very close game. 
Shannon Gales haven't lit it up yet, but maybe that could give them confidence that last game and could could improve yet again. But time will tell. I, I wouldn't like to be calling it. Yeah, tough on the call. I haven't seen either team actually, to be fair, in the championship. Yeah, just give us at this stage with the going into the semi-finals. Would you still stick with Drummond as favourites? Yeah, I would, but. Uh, Bally McHugh have done nothing wrong when I've seen them I was impressed with them because my new general are no bad team mm. and um, I know they lost David Giveney but Bally McHugh uh, are strong and the winners of North Bryan and Kildallan will have a big say in that as well yeah yeah, I agree with you moving on to the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate Championship and um, the, the results from the weekend I suppose to start off on the first game where am I gone now I suppose we'll, we'll we'll go with the results that I that I know of anyway. Ballyhays very comfortably dealt with with Swanland Bar. Um, did you hear much from this uh, game? I didn't hear all that much. I heard that uh, Garoge McKerna went off with a head injury, he collided with Connor Lyons, and that was a big blow to Swad. And I heard Park Moore was was in fantastic form again for Ballyhays. All the Ballyhays lads played well seemingly. Didn't hear that terrible much about it. I know Kevin Tierney didn't score. But he tied up Chris Corn, which yeah, and apparently it it's yeah that's what I heard that Chris Corn tied up Kevin Tierney depending on which way you look at it. But well, Ballyheads would have been happy to sacrifice even a, a brilliant player like Kevin if it meant that Corn wasn't influential in the game because they probably thought well look it's like it's like what Kevin Gales used to do when they were playing Mullahorn a few years ago when Mullahorn were challenging for the championship. They they'd sacrifice three or four men to blot out three or four four of Mullerhorn's best players mm-hmm. and they'd, they'd be confident then that they'd have enough after that yeah yeah that, that once they got the matchups right and I think that it suited Ballyhays for Chris Curran to be consumed by Mark and Kevin Tierney yeah. that it, it took away more from Swanland Bar's attack than than what it was worth to stop out Kevin Tierney but I, I really like watching Ballyhays I think they play they play great football great attacking football I think they've scored something like 15 or 16 goals in this championship and yeah. they have very good forwards. Like Moore's a great forward to watch. So is David Brady. So is Kevin Tierney. Like Kevin Tierney. Martin Connolly. As I said before about Tierney, a spectacular goal scorer and a scorer of spectacular goals, which isn't always the same thing. But yeah. It is with Kevin. It is, because Jason Riley always went low. As he said after 97, uh, I was told to keep it on the carpet. And he did against Derry 97. Kevin always goes high, roof of the net. When he gets a goal chance, he goes high. And it's brilliant to watch when he when he rips the net. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I still, I still think... Ballyhays has their defence been fully tested uh, I don't know if their defence is as strong as it was two years ago and that might be their Achilles heel but they'll be boosted by the fact that Lara were knocked out You you mentioned about Ballyhays scoring a phenomenal amount of goals in championship and I take it back to is it an influence of the manager look at where he's come from Crude Hill who scored a phenomenal amount of goals in, in while while Kieran O'Malley was over them as well, maybe maybe he has the Midas touch of of goal scoring. Yeah, maybe he has. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely a factor, and also the personnel that are there, like true, are, are good goal scorers. Like the Tierney's the best goal scorer in the county, in my opinion. Yeah, possibly. Maybe you know Martin Dunn, both fellas. Like I know Dunn regularly scores ten or twelve goals a year for the Gales in league and championship, but Tierney's not far off it. And Moore is a very good goal scorer. He got four against Kilashander earlier on the year. Um, yeah, but I think Lara being beaten was a big upset. Speaking of goals, the last minute penalty from Niall Clark and so Shercock beat Lara. Like mm. I, I was very impressed with Lara when I saw them this year. Extremely impressed, and I know they beat Ballyhays in the league, and I, I think they would have. They were a very well balanced all round team, very very focused in. I, I thought on this year's championship, but they got caught out, and 
I mean, Shercock, when you have Shercock beaten, you have a good day's work done because they're a strong, physical, dogged team with a nice bit of class as well. Yeah, I was talking to a Shercock man that, that shall remain anonymous, but what he said to me about the penalty was if it hadn't have been given, there wouldn't have been a lot of complaints about it, was the way he kind of put it. Now, apparently it was for a trip on the Shercock fullback, but um, a huge number of bodies in around the square and... and, and it just it could have gone either way, but at the end of the day, if the referee seen what he believed to be a foul in that area, and he gave it, then therefore he's right. Um, at, at the end of it, but you'd you'd feel a little for Lara because I believe Sean Finnegan now has stepped away as manager, and uh, he I thought he'd done a good job with them. I thought he he had them playing good football. They have good young footballers, in fairness, but I thought that they they really. Looked like they were making progress, even though the fact that they, they were beating a quarter-final stage this year will, will appear that they haven't made progress. I do think they have in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Like I think the, the team that finished against Killingcare last year had something like 7 or 8 under-21s on it. Mm. Like their, So their age profile is good. Like They'll come again, no doubt about that. I think Lara will should win the intermediate. Although I, I talked to a Lara man and he said that if they don't win it this year, then they'll not win it with this group. But I don't believe that. I think they're too good not to. Yeah, I think you're right. The uh, the other intermediate quarterfinal, Drumgoon taking on Corner Fane. Um, Drumgoon coming out with a victory here. You were at this one, I suppose. Drumgoon's quality just a little bit above Corner Fane's. Yeah, the, it was. It, yeah, it was a funny kind of a game because Drumgoon got off to a dream start. They were 1 1 up. A uh, goal from Shane Smith after about 25 seconds. Got another point then. They went into the game without Keith Fannin, who remains their best forward. And uh, after that, they, they were outscored nine points to two before half time. And in that time spell, Corner Finn also missed the penalty. That's right, yeah. And, and it was Corey Smith, the Drumgoon goalkeeper, dragged down Barry Doyle as he prepared to tap it into the net. It wasn't one of those ones where you know, it was a scramble and someone gets fouled. He had rounded the keeper, he was putting it in the net and that was it. Mm-hmm. And he was pulled down. And Barry Doyle, he stood up, it wasn't a bad penalty, you know, he missed it, but he hit it with conviction. He wasn't one of those dribbly out efforts. He went for the bottom left corner, came, in, came off the inside butt of the, of the left-hand post as you look at it. And in fairness, it didn't rattle him. He Doyle scored eight points, four from play and a few good frees. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't easy frees, some of them. But, and he was given Adrian Cross in a very tough hour, hour day, but... Come out in the second half, and the wind, you mentioned in the commentary, Damien, that the wind was stronger than it looked down at pitch level, and it, it proved to be the case, because Drumgoon came out fired up, got four, three or four points in a row, and Conor Mina, who I thought was kind of going alone a wee bit too much in the first half, but he came up trumps with a couple of good points, and then he got the goal. Um, high ball in, wasn't really dealt with, it was well kept in, and he blasted it home on the half-volley soccer style, and that was it, the ground down the clock, it got very bad tempered towards the end of the game, yeah, um, but uh, look, it, we made made the, the point on commentary at the time that would it come back to to justify Corey Smith's decision by the end of the game? And when you see a three point victory, it completely justifies. Yeah. It was well worth taking the black card when the penalty didn't go in, and Drumgoon end up winning by three points. It, you know, it it justifies the black card. And just it's his decision. To, that's a stupid rule that black card because. It's not a big enough deterrent where it's needed. Could it's I, ne- yeah? Could I give the suggestion that I, I heard? I think I heard. I don't know who it was said, but 
why not in that scenario, instead of a black card, it's a red card. It's a red card that means you miss the rest of the game and you cannot be replaced. That's a deterrent. That's a deterrent. Would Drumgoon have won that game with 14 men from that point? I don't think so. See, was there a problem with fellas dragging down when there's goal chances on? Some people said there was, some people said there wasn't. Possibly there was, and that needed to be to be um, addressed. Was there a problem with a fella slightly mistiming a tackle in the middle of the field mm. and and slightly tripping a lad or p- pulling a lad, maybe just put leaving the hand in and a fella going down? That wasn't a problem in the game. That wasn't blighting the game. But yet there's fellas going off in championship matches after five minutes f- for maybe just leaving a hand in. Nobody was hurt. There was no goal stopped. Mm. You know, it's mad. So like, talk about taking a, a sledgehammer to crack a nut. Like yeah. that, that, that rule is nuts. But... Well, we're not getting into it. Oh, yeah, no pun intended. But we're not getting into it. But Corey Smith did the right thing, as they say, a professional foul, as they say in soccer. And sure, a replacement came in. All it cost him was one sub. Yeah, definitely. Um, the last of the quarterfinals was Beltorbit against Baileyborough. Um, Beltorbit came through this one by a goal. Um, Baileyborough didn't just light it up the way they, they they were capable of doing. I suppose they. Michael Argue didn't have the game that he had in the previous round against Killing Care. Um, probably a few lads just didn't step up the way they, they were capable of doing Baileyborough. Yeah, that's yeah. I'd probably agree with that analysis of it. I thought Michael Argue didn't influence the game as much as as he can. He scored a great point in the first half, but otherwise he wasn't himself. Um, I thought Bill Torba took their chances as well when yeah. they came. Yeah. Like that was crucial. Bud looks to be back in good form. Yeah, Bud... Bud I never saw his ball winning so good. Like he yeah. was out in front of his man and won everything. He had glue on glue on his gloves that night. Yeah. Aerial ball he even won. Yeah, he was good, very good. See. I thought Ender Henry was very good. Owen McGuigan was clearly not a hundred percent fit, so they put him in full forward and he, he got one too. Second game in a row that he got a crucial goal. Yeah. Uh, I took his goal very well. Like early on Bill Torber were the better team. Or sorry, Billy Billy were the better team and got a goal. Connor Gilson inflicted a net and looked to be in control and then but Torba took over then, and uh, but in fairness to Pilly, they didn't roll over. They came right back into it. Like they went six down in the third quarter and looked like they were dead and buried. And they came right back into it. Like if the game had went on another five or ten minutes, they probably would have drawn level. They Could were throwing have. the kitchen sink at, at Torba at that stage. But I have to give a special mention to Rory Farrell for his free take and his joy to watch. He's a, he's a good young player to watch out for as well. Yeah, definitely. I think in total, Rory Farrell was thirteen, wasn't he? Yeah. 13, so he had what? One, two, three, four, five frees and two from open play. Seven seven points in seven points out of one goal and nine is, is a fair return from any one player and yeah. I think he's still minor. Yeah, it's a decent tally now in all fairness. It definitely is. The uh, moving on then to the semi finals this weekend. They are live on We Are Cavan dot com. Uh, the first of them is at six thirty, is it, in Kingspan Brefney um on Saturday. It's um we're just trying to bring up the exact time on it. Yeah, it is it's it's six thirty in Kingsman Brefty. It's Shercock against Drumgoon. How do you see this one going? That's a hard one to call, local derby. Um Shercock or Drumgoon won it. The last time. The yeah. last time. But that was in the group stages and I heard that there was some Shercock lads uh, home from for, from abroad for a we- a wedding. The party went on for a few days around that time. And Shercock were all over Drumgoon. I think they were maybe something like maybe 5 nil up or 6-2 up or something. And looked to me in command in that game and Drumgoon took over. There'll be no party this week, you wouldn't imagine, in Shercock. <laughs> that might be a factor. Where was that game, Damien? Breffney. Breffney, yeah. I, I think 
if, I don't think Keith Fallon is going to be back. Speaking to someone in the room, he had his appendix out and he had a setback after it. So I don't think Keith would be back. If Keith was back, probably would tilt it for Drumgoon. Like Drumgoon would possibly go in as favourites, but not my favourites. I think I think Shercock will edge that. Shercock were in the final four years ago, like and like, they probably should have beaten Kilashander that day. Yeah, they were the better team. Yeah, well they were four, three or four points up with five minutes to go and conceded I think five points in a row and lost by a point. Yeah. So I think Shercock might might come through that one, but. That's going to be a, that'll be a tasty one, alright. Yeah, the referee for that game is Jerry Shorten from Mullahorn. The second of the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate semi-finals is on after it. That's at eight o'clock in Kingsbury Breffney. It's Ballyhays against Beltorbet. Um, I'd make the contention that the winners of the competition will come from this game. Yeah, the winner of this will, will go into the final as favourites. Anyway, I'll definitely say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting one because it's a good clash of styles. Beltorbet aren't exactly free scoring. But they're f- strong, physical, seasoned team. Very seasoned. Mm. Lots of experience. Like I'd say their average age. Well, although there's a lot of although, young lads yeah, too. I was just fairness, say, but they're of their leading of their leading Stuart players, Lund. they're in the late twenties age group. Some of them over thirty. Yeah. Whereas the the Ballyhays lads are probably that little bit younger. But oh that's a hard one to call. That's a very hard one to call. Like 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 man for man. But Ballyhays be slightly the better team. Maybe, maybe not. There's not much in it, like there's not much in it. Ballyhays are probably the more fashionable team, like yeah, and and Ballyhays up front, I think, have more to offer. But if you were to look at a balance of a team, I think Baltorbert is a better balanced. They've they've a few good defenders, good enough midfield too there, and and a few good forwards. Whereas you've made the point, and I have to agree with it. Ballyhays' defence haven't properly been tested yet. Yeah, like an awful lot depends on Bud Fitzpatrick. If if Ballyhays can put put the clampers on Bud, um like like if, if Bilber had got the grips of Bud and stopped him winning so much ball the last day, they probably would have won the game. Mm. Uh Colin McGinley is a very good attacking half back as well. He's good for a couple of points. Like the spread of scores is pretty good for, for Baltorbert. Bilber fouled a lot last week. Yeah. And Baltor right. Baltorbert made that made them pay for that. They have good free takers, like Enda Henry's a good free taker. Um Damien O'Reilly th- th- is is playing very well too, and he, like I mean he's a great old warrior like, yeah. and and he's he's football his ball playing is underrated too like he's a lovely left foot on him, but what I will say is Beltorbet looked to be sort of a bit of walking few walking wounded last week. Kevin McConnell seemed to be in agony with his ankle <laughs> and he stayed on. <laughs> Talk about a hard man, ridiculous. The Iron Man of of Beltorbet. he stayed on. He was he was in serious pain with that ankle. It, yeah, we were nearly wincing up in the commentary <laughs> yeah. box. Uh, Oh McGuigan wasn't at hundred percent. Like he came off, come off, yeah. Even though he was playing well, but he was clearly injured. Uh, Damien Riley himself went off with a bad injury mm. at the very end. Like he he got that injury in in injury time and wasn't able to stay on. So it was pretty bad when he had to come off. That's right. So I think a lot will come will depend on that. But I, I I'm going to give Ballyhays the nod there. But I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward. To, I, I I'd give Ballyhays the nod for the reasons that George just after outlined, and I think that they're. There are three crucial players for Beltorbet that won't be at 100%, in my mind anyway. Kevin McConnell, um, Damien O'Reilly and Owen McGuigan. And I think any team to take away three of your best players and expect to be at your best or close to it, I think it's a little stretch too much. So I think Ballyhays might just have enough to get over the line here. But the crucial part of this game is who's going to win enough possession because if Ballyhays midfield and middle toward win enough ball, they have the forwards that do the damage. But if Biltorba can control that middle toward, then 
Bally his forwards are starved of oxygen and what good are you without ball? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting. Look, you wouldn't rule out any of the four teams in the intermediate semi-finals winning, winning this again. No, not. no, that's true. There's, there's no game that's going to be a shock. As no. in a victory either way is going to be a shock. No. The funny thing is that while I think Ballyhays will beat Beltorbet, I think if Shercock beat Drumgoon, Shercock match up well for Ballyhays. I think it would suit Shercock to play Ballyhays in the final. I just uh, I, yeah. whereas I think that if Ballyhays were to play Drumgoon, Ballyhays would beat Drumgoon in the final. Um, so it just it'll be very interesting. I think that intermediate championship is is really intriguing now. Yeah, and you don't know about the hunger of Ballyhays too. It, like they won this two years ago, and they were absolutely ravenous. They've been so long down, and they were trying and trying and trying, and eventually they won it. When they're when it's really really put them, and it will be in either mm-hmm. semi final or final. You'll wonder now, is it there? I'm not saying if it is or it isn't, but we, we, won't, they, we won't know and they won't know until that question is asked of them. The, the, the reverse of that is maybe the release of winning it two years ago freed them up to to express themselves a wee bit better and, and therefore could be better now than they were two years ago. Yeah, Time will tell. Yeah, but the team that wants it most will win it. Yeah, always the way. Always the way. Um, so moving on to the Hotel Kilmore Senior Championship quarterfinal results from the weekend. Kings Court got revenge on, on, on Killigarry. Um last week I pointed out that if it was dragged down into uh, and I mean I don't mean dragged down, but if the pace and the tempo of the game was controlled by Kings Court, that it would uh, it, it would suit Kings Court if it became an open, expressive game of football. If a game of football broke out, it was gonna suit Killigarry. I don't think the game of football broke out the way we thought. It, it was Kings Court controlling all the time. And realistically, while it was a brilliant save by James Farley at the end, it would have been robbery for Killigarry to win it. Uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Right. Like, like I thought, I thought Killigarry had a few spells where they were on top. Um, like they kicked three points in a row at one stage in the second half. Um, they pulled three before clear before half time. Or before half time, yeah, they, yeah. Pu- they pulled three clear. In the second half, about seven minutes into the second half, toward I think nine six up. Yeah, I thought Kingscourt got the goal, which was crucial. It was always going to be in a tight game like that, and as you say, it was pro- probably played on Kingscourt's terms. Um, like, but even Kilgarry came back up to got a brilliant point by Ross Sheridan, and Connor Smith's effort then what an effort, huge ball into the square, broken out twenty yards out, and he 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 only one thing in his mind. He went for the top corner and fairly saved just. It was absolutely world class, but. Um, yeah, no, I agree that the game was played on their terms. I, I, I don't think Kilgarry lost anything in defeat, only that they lost the game. Like, yeah, I'd agree with like you. They, they manned up um, to, to Kingsford and they went toe-to-toe and it's just like Kingsford are season I, I, I'd like to pull you on that point. I don't think that that suited Kilgarry to man up to Kingscourt. I think that while Kingscourt, they, they brought a new aggression and intensity to it, it was, it was the little maybe... I'm in your face now. Not that they were doing anything wrong, but they were they were stepping up into the into the Killigarry lads' faces at every opportunity. It was you aren't getting away with this this time. And I think Killigarry then tried to show you won't bully us and hit a shoulder or get involved in that instead of just go run. Just if I think if Killigarry had to just ran and ran and ran, ignore every opportunity or every attempt by Kings Court to to say you know we're going to stop you from running. If I think. That that Killigarry should have learned or will have learned from that scenario that I remember years ago uh, a few friends of mine obviously play with Calvin Gales but they were saying that that 
when they first played Gauna, it was you have to step up, you have to man up and, and, and let these boys know you won't be bullied. So they were trying to walk into them and they were trying to hit Gauna lads, which after one attempt at doing it, they realised that's not how you beat Gauna because yeah. they just feck, they love that. They're going to beat you at hitting hard hits all day long. So the whole ethos of that Gales team then afterwards was the way you beat Gauna is you beat them with scores, you beat them with running, you beat them with skill. You don't beat them with physicality. It's not It's not our game. So yeah. while they were fit to, to take that, it was that they were taking it without it affecting their own game, Calvin Gales. I think Killigary have to learn that yet. Yeah, yeah, I'd say you're right. Yeah, look, look at, um, they are a common team. I could, they, they do have a good few older fellas as well on the Killigary team, but it's the young lads who have made the difference this year like, and they've given them that energy but the old dog for the hard road as it, as it turned out yeah well I caught up with the Kingscourt manager Barry Barney so I caught up with the Kingscourt manager Barney Murray after the game delighted to be joined by Kingscourt manager Barney Murray after I suppose heart stopping stuff at the end there James Farley had to pull off a, a really good save to to Sealed the victory, but it would have been robbery. Really, you were the better team in the in the in the overall shakeup. Yes, <clears throat> I would agree with you, Damien. That uh, over the course of the the sixty five minutes or whatever it is, I felt we were the better team, and did a bit of a patch before half time. They got a bit of a run in us, but I think at half time the fellas got settled and we we changed a few little things at half time and a couple of switches we made in the second half helped the team out. And I felt we were the better team in the second half. Just didn't capitalise on the chances we created and I felt if we'd have capitalised on the chances we created we could have won by maybe four or five points in the end but in fairness Kitty Gary they're a good young mobile team and obviously they gave us a lesson two weeks ago which we took on board and we had a lot of reflection to do but the boys are very keen to you know, put their stamp on the match and I thought we did that this evening yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. With I, I met it six or seven wides in that second half while you were in control. That maybe those would have put just daylight between the sides. That that goal at the last minute wouldn't have been as as big a deal. But it it was always one of those games that the experience that these Kingscourt lads had was going to be an advantage against the young guns from Killigary. Yeah, well, we would have emphasised beforehand. You know, our strengths that. The team's very, we would feel the team's well prepared. We felt we had our matchups right. The team's physically in good condition. And there's no substitute for experience. And I suppose most people are aware that Brian, Brian O'Driscoll said when he was young that he thought experience was overrated. And then as he became a more senior player, he felt it was underrated. So I've <laughs> emphasised that to the players. And a lot of these players won a championship in 10, lost one in 12, lost 14, and one in 15. And you, know, you have to factor all those things in. They're very conscious of the legacy that they have in the club and it's a brilliant club with a great tradition and the boys realise they, that they're passing through and they have to hand this on and players are very conscious of wearing the jersey with pride and honouring the jersey and they felt two weeks ago that they didn't really do that so they were very, very keen to put amends for that. Obviously, Killy Gary's a very good young team. They're well coached and it's no consolation to them but they have a very, very bright future ahead but thankfully it wasn't tonight. Yeah, look, looking at the last day up in Baileyborough, Killigary were, were well the better team, but you can't underestimate Joe Dillon not playing that day, Barry Riley going off very early, and you see the crucial scores that were got today, those two lads stepped up. Yeah, Joe, <coughs> Joe very good, and Joe has had these problems with injury, but he's a top-class player, and it's only the last number of months he's had a real run at... You know, a few games together and you can see as a player you need to be match fit there's one thing been fit and then match fit Barry Riley has had a hamstring which has been niggling at him he hasn't been able to do much training but quality player and he stepped up when we need him in the second half and then of course Shane Gray had been injured he's one of the best defenders in the county and he was a huge player for us a very inspirational player to have him on the pitch and you know in fairness we 
probably mentally the boys weren't right two weeks ago and we paid the price if you don't prepare mentally right for the game and respect your opponent uh, you can get caught and maybe our fellas underestimated Killigarry last two two weeks ago but obviously they had their they had our attention mm-hmm. tonight and uh, I feel we were just slightly the better team and deserved our, our victory Yeah I suppose just looking forward now Kings Court Championship semi-final well used to these situations but is there more improvement in this Kings Court team? Yeah absolutely we would feel that over the course of the over the course of the year, our league form was pretty decent, and we're in the league final with uh, Calvin Gales later in the year. But we never really produced the sixty-minute performance against Gowna. The first fifteen minutes, two-six to a point. The second half against uh, Rammer, we were one-nine to one-two down, and then in twelve minutes we score one-five. And you're saying, why can't we put more sustained periods like this together? Now, obviously, no no team's going to just dominate a game for sixty minutes or whatever. But we were looking for, you know, the performance, the full sixty, and I think we got that tonight. And uh, Everybody's nice and happy leaving here this evening. Romar Energy offer the best energy solutions for your home and business. We offer A-rated condensing boilers for gas and oil, solar thermal water heating systems and cost-effective systems for generating heat. So if you want us to help you cut your fuel bill by 50%, check out romarenergy.ie. Romar Energy, working towards a greener planet. So that was Kings Court manager Bernie Murray after the victory over Killigarry. Uh, Rammer United beating Lavi at the weekend. I suppose um, Rammer United showed signs of what they're capable of doing. Yeah, they did. They're shown again in, in glimpses, and I'd be happy enough if I was Rammer because they've they've sort of had a massive dip in form, and now they're on the on the up. And now is the time to be on the up because you're coming to the business end of the championship. Last year was the opposite. Last year they blitzed everyone in the group stage, yeah. and their games got tighter and tighter as it went on. Last year, like they won, they won their their quarterfinal by four points, and they end up they won their semi-final by three. They drew, and then they won by two. So their last four games were very tight last year after having hammered everyone. This year now they've just ground through in tight games and really haven't set the world alight. But the glimpses were there that mm. that they're coming back to themselves, and I think they'll be happy enough, especially they've avoided Kevin Gales in the semi-final who are the form team, if they can get over the semi-final, which definitely won't be easy, uh, they'll they'll feel that there's a little bit more improvement as they come along, and maybe they could be primed to detonate if they got to a county final, but the worry was that Conor Bradley went off injured, um, and they'll be hoping that's not too serious, But and Edo Cole, who played brilliant in the group stages, wasn't his usual brilliant self, even though he scored a, scored a good goal, a well-worked move that they've done the countless times. Brilliant move. Yeah, pound across the square, great stuff with the two Bradleys, and yeah. set him up, but... Um, I thought they were well in control. Yeah, like they were. They were ten or eleven points up, and Lavi got six or seven points in a row, and did play well in that spell. Lavi, but Lavi just didn't have look to have the conviction about them early on that they could win it. And when they finally realised, Jesus, we're, we're we're well able to beat these lads. The, it kind of was gone away from them. And then when Rammer got the goal at the end, the young Conor Farley came on. It's the third time he's come on the championship to get a goal. Jack Doyle also played well. Kevin Mulvaney came on, did well. So the They've good good bit of depth in the bench. I think what has what has really torn them around is bringing Mark McGee and Colin McGuire. When, when the boys came home, they've McGee has shored up the full back line, and McGuire's brought great energy to the half forward line. Simon yeah. Cadden is still injured. If they get him back, it'd be an addition as well. But um, yeah, but he's back training as uh, the Rammer United manager pointed out to me here on this interview. Joined by uh, Rammer United manager Michal McDermott after. A, a blustery, wet, miserable evening, but you've, you've some joy after it. You, you've got them back into a semi-final. Yeah, given the conditions, 
that were there tonight, it was always going to be a tough, tough battle, make no mistake. I was at Shercock and Lara today and it turned out to be the exact same way. A great result for my own home club, but tonight it was all about battling and showing a bit of character. At times we played really good, at times we played really poor, but it was about getting over the line and getting to a semi-final. Yeah, I was saying during the commentary that it, it, it felt like a team that are, are, are senior champions, as in, they, without playing really well, had the ability to read a situation and just cull off a lot of the attacks that Lavi were doing, especially in the first half. I thought the, the display was really commanding. Yeah, in particular, a full-back line. Michal Smart on, on Shane Tierney in the, the first half, I thought. He was so fast and he alerted to every ball that was played into him and he got a hand in or a foot in or something just to deny possession. And the full-back line in general in the first half were really, really solid. We had chances ourselves in the first half, didn't take them and it was a frustrating 30 minutes of football for us because we had a relatively strong wind. I would probably have said at half-time it was a six to seven point swing of a wind. We were going in five up and it did worry me but we, we kept on battling and hanging on we didn't play pretty football in the second half but it was just about keeping control of the game and making sure they didn't get a goal because I think if they did get a goal the the adrenaline rush would have come and it would have been hard to fight back from it yeah it definitely would and, and credit to Lavi they really came back into it after I think they were nine points down at one stage they, they brought it back to a three-point game but again your lads stood up when the questions were asked yeah, in particular in the, the last five to six minutes when we got our hands on the ball and when the, the numbers evened up, even on a wet, miserable night, they had confidence to move the ball around. OK, at times you would be a little bit worried, but they had the confidence to move the ball around and then look to break when they, they had the opportunity. And in the second half in particular, OK, we didn't get scores of it. Mark McGee made some really, really good runs coming out from the back and I think it lifted the team as well a couple of times. Yeah, just looking at mentioning Mark McGee, Colin Maguire, a few lads coming back that were missing early on in the championship. The panel seems to be strengthening up. Yeah, and it's just around the corner. We'd hope to have Simon Cadden back next week, fully match fit as well. He's back training this two weeks, and Breen O'Connell is back in training as well the last two weeks. Now, not into to contact yet, but maybe another two weeks who knows he might have a, a part to play as well so it's good that everybody is coming back it's it's all about the strength of the panel when you have to go through tough tough championship games there's a lot of sore bodies there tonight Connor Bradley got a really bad knock but you look at Jack Doyle waited his opportunity went in and did really well Any Baldo went in on him he won it and something came off it as well so the, the panel is good and they know they all have a part to play Yeah you mentioned Connor Bradley He he it was early on in the game that he got that knock on the knee he, he battled he tried to play on and went in at half time got it strapped up it just it didn't look like he was ever going to come right for him but is it a serious injury or just a knock we won't know until really he gets a scan in the morning we would hope that it wouldn't be there's a lot of bruising around it and it was a an impact injury so we would hope that maybe it's the bruising and the pain and the, the aftershock from it that there's nothing serious there and keeping the fingers crossed until after the scan Yeah we're looking forward I suppose a wee bit to the semi-final now it's uh, I think you've two weeks so a, a, a bit of time to get those injuries cleared up can, can these lads come back and repeat last year's mammoth task? Who knows? There's, there's, there's two big hurdles put in front of us, and whoever comes through, either 
Cotill and Castle Rahan, that'll be a really, really good game because Cotill seems to be hitting a rich rain of form at the moment as well. So it's whoever comes out of that hat next week will will be preparing diligently for them as well. Listen, it was all about getting to the semi-final tonight. We just take it one game at a time. There's no doubt about it. The hunger is still there. To, to, to perform and to achieve and it's not going to disappear over the next two weeks and big, big challenge ahead and something we'll be looking forward to. Everyone's talking about Luna Bar, Cavan's most vibrant new venue. With our big screen TVs, live music every weekend and free function room, we cater for everyone. Luna Bar, Main Street Cavan, the newest hotspot in town. Yeah, so that was Michal McDermott chatting to me after the game, I suppose. Delighted to have got through to the semi-final. Um, as you say, they're, they're, they're making the progress. They're definitely getting getting closer to where they want to be. The two quarterfinals, remaining quarterfinals this weekend... Um, See Coothill taking on Castle Rahan and uh, and Cavan Gales against Crushalaw. How do you see these ones going? Well, sure. Um, based on the form of the last few years, like, and I haven't seen the bookies' odds, but I imagine that that Castle Rahan and the Gales will be long odds on to win. I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset somewhere. Um, where which game it'll be, I'm not sure. I was speaking to a Crushalaw player, and he was saying like they fancied the task. They're up for it. And they feel that they're, they've improved as the championship has gone on. There was rumours. There was rumours that Cavan Gales had objected to Balinya and did, as the venue for the game. And I was saying, I I don't think that that it would make sense for Cavan Gales to object to that one because Crushla are a very young, light, mobile team that would suit a, a a pitch that is open, maybe no long grass or anything like that, that, that they can play a good ball on. I'm not sure if Balanya is conducive to that. I didn't hear, I don't know if that's true about the objection or not. Um, I did yeah, hear, I don't know either. Yeah, know. I did hear that it wasn't, that they weren't happy with it, that they were complaining about it, but they they played Arva out there a couple of weeks ago, I saw them, and they beat them with 15 points, and they, were, they played brilliantly that evening, so mm. I don't think Balanya will, will be a big problem for the Gales. When they, whenever the Gales do leave Breffney, and it's rare, they te- excuse me, they tend to go to Balnea. They've, mm. they've played quite a few championship matches in Balnea when Lacken, they have been outside of Breffney. Played lacking in Balnea a few years ago. Yeah. So the, the other one, I suppose, it's hard not to tip Cavan Gales in that one though. Well, it's impossible to make a case for Crushla to, to beat Cavan Gales based on all known form. Yeah. But like, you, you never know what will happen in a one-off game. And what makes it interesting is that Crushla are on the up. So, we probably haven't seen the best of Crush yet. They could turn around and deliver a, a new level of performance that they haven't done yet. Like, let's say Barry McKernan's back in the team. That's a player that could turn around and score one five one six uh, on his day. Like, he definitely has the ability. Mm. So there are a few intangibles there, but the Gales, you'd have to say, are the safer bet. Like, they've got so much firepower and seem to be seem to know exactly what they want to do when they go out in the field and they're well tuned in they won't panic yeah definitely the other game is going to be very intriguing for the simple reason that this year we've seen Castle Rahan adapt to a new system of play playing a lot more kick pass and leaving themselves a little bit more open at the back which I think they had to do but they're going to leave themselves a little more open at the back maybe against a team that, that scores goals for fun and scores for fun yeah but the, the, that that's a good point and they definitely are doing that but if you look through what they've conceded, they haven't conceded very much at the same time, Casaran. Mm. Now, I know they haven't played um, the Gales yet or they haven't played Rammer yet. Um, 
haven't played Kings Court yet. But yeah. they haven't conceded that terrible much either. Like so, maybe they have the balance right. And again, they they are a team that's coming to the boil slowly, and which is the way to do it. Yeah. And um, yeah, look, could Hill? Could Hill? It's, it's time. Could Hill kicked on? Like they were. They should have been in a semi final last year. Um, they lost a replay against Garner. And yeah. like there's no reason why Coothill couldn't kick on. And the huge plus for Coothill is that Tom Hayes is back to form. And yeah. like Tom Hayes is a class footballer and lost a bit of form there for a while, but he's back to form now. And like he had two mighty games against Balanya. Like the likes of Hayes, Hessen, they take an awful lot of watching. Like they're very good forwards. They're that's two forwards that would make any team a cabin on their day. Mm. So th- that's gonna make it very interesting. Like the other thing was they they in the last two occasions that they that they played Calvin Gales, they um the, the the last two occasions that they played Calvin Gales, that's the big team that they've played in the last couple of championships. Yeah. They drew they drew with them and they beat them. So they yeah. drew with the Gales in the group says they should have beat the Gales last year. So they won't be afraid of going toe to toe with the likes of Castrahan. No, definitely not. It, it's it's gonna be very interesting. Um we'll have full live commentary of one of those games and updates coming from the other on wearecalvin.com. They're at five o'clock in Balanya and in Lavi, I think it is. Um, we also will be uh, bringing you the ladies final of the senior championship that's the Imperial Bar senior championship it's going to be video streamed live on wearecavin.com from 2 o'clock Lacken against sorry Lorgan God forgive me Lorgan against Mullahorn in the uh, senior final should be a very entertaining game Lorgan getting over Templeport at the weekend in the semi-final and of course uh, Mullahorn beat St Fimbers a few weeks back in the semi-final so should be a very entertaining game live on wearecavan.com from 2pm on Saturday um, Cavan have bought land at the back of Kingspan Brefney um, enough land to develop two pitches pretty much straight away it's um, we, we broke this story on wearecavan.com Paul but it's 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 something that Cavan badly needed. They need those extra pitches because county teams are going around begging to clubs for for pitches to go and train on, and not always getting them. Yeah, no, it was definitely needed. Um, like it's it's a terror to think in in 2017, Cavan didn't have a full size pitch to train on. Yeah. Any of their teams, a full size grass pitch, bar their, their main pitch in Breffney, of which you have to you have to look after that. Understandably enough, so you can't have everyone train on it. So it's, it was badly needed. It was badly needed, and it, it, the fact that it's it's there, it's at, it's at Breffney is a great help as well. Like it'll expand the whole thing into a centre of excellence. So, hats off to everyone involved in it. Yeah, I suppose again have to give mention to Terry Highland, who was instrumental in in, in organising this land to be bought. He 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 really took the bull by the horns, spotted something while he was Cavan manager that was needed, and even though he's no longer Cavan manager, was still willing to put his put his weight behind it and, 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 and really push this over the line Oh yeah look Terry Highland has, has given more than anyone to Cavan football in the last in the last long time um, and he's a good businessman as well so it was a good combination there he, yeah. he spotted a, a gap in the market there and he, he got in and he led that for delegation for Cavan so brilliant look it's it's brilliant I, I wish him the best of luck with it there's going to be a bit of fundraising involved and you're always going to get some belly aching about that but that's that's it. I think they've got support from Crow Park, and they might be able to access some sports capital funding as well. So, it's brilliant. It's it's great news. Mm, I also believe that um, our friend in New York, Connie O'Reilly, is is involved in in raising some money over there for 
for the project of of developing these pitches. So it's um, look at it's going to be a, a a massive effort by all Cavan people from around the world to to make sure we can get this developed as quick as possible and and with as little debt as possible. That I think it's it's something we should all put our shoulder to the wheel, whether it be hurling, ladies football, or camogie, or football, men's football. Everybody needs to put the shoulder to the wheel to, to to make these pitches happen as quick as possible. Yeah, look, it's needed, and it, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not, um, it's a capital project, like so. It's going to be there for the future. It's, yeah. it's so it's not a waste of money. It's not going into new gear bags or you know something. This is something tangible and permanent. So like, you'd have to get behind it absolutely. Yeah. And it, hats off to everyone involved in it. The final uh, part of the show, just going to look at the Cavan on the twenties job. Um, it looks like there's only one person I can reveal that we were talking with a member of Cavan County Board before we came on air that the, um, Kevin Downs is the only name that has been put forward for the job so I presume at this point it's just a matter of an interview and maybe ratifying he has Jimmy Higgins in on his backroom team with him so it's um, Jimmy Higgins has stepped away from the Cavan Senior panel or the Cavan Senior team uh, the management team so Kevin Downs has stepped away from the Westmead senior job. Um, I suppose we're very lucky in Cavan that we have a man willing to take an under-20s job that has coached London, Cavan seniors, London seniors, Cavan seniors and Westmead seniors. So a lot of experience. Yeah, <coughs> I, I know Kevin well from, from school. I haven't talked to him in a while, but um, he's he's got a great personality. Like He'll, he'll, he'll click with the players. Yeah. He's a real... He's a real um, fun lad like he, he's a great way with him and he's a, he's got a great football brain like he, he was a hell of a footballer himself he won a couple of championships with the Gales he was a brilliant hurler he went down to working in Cork for a while and he played senior club hurling in Cork he was a brilliant hurler and he was an all Ireland handball champion he, he was just one of these feckers that was good at everything and like us but he's I, I'm delighted to see him get that job and I think it's great that he's going to stay involved with cabin football and uh, yeah just a matter of ratifying. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I presume, yeah, I'm hoping that he'd be ratified and wish him the best of luck because there's a good panel of players there, and I think he could he could bring them on and get success with them. I think also, in fairness, it's um, it's important, and the county board have done it, is that it was done very quick that this management wasn't left linger until December or January because. I know already Tyrone on the 20s have started their planning for next oh, no year doubt. So no, no and doubt Kerry are at the same they've got their management in place and, and have started their planning even though their minors aren't out so it's it's good that Cavan have been given afforded the opportunity to get straight in there thanks to the, the county board not sitting around on this one just making sure that the appointment was done good and early yeah yeah no it's that's that's the way to do it like I mean you can't you can't hang around every week that you hang around you're losing ground on, on these mm-hmm. Likes of Tyrone's and Derry's of this world, so that's that's it. Look, it's a good panel. There's no doubt it's a good panel because you have a lot of this year's minors will be coming into it as well, like some some class acts on that panel. Definitely, so you'd be hoping that Kevin get the best out of them. Yeah, without a doubt. So that brings us to the end of this week's McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast on wearecavan.com. Don't forget this Sunday, if you can't make it to Crow Park or you can't get in front of a television to watch it, uh, We Are Ulster will be bringing you live commentary of the All-Ireland minor final between Derry and Kerry. That will be on air from 1 o'clock. Uh, throw-in is at 1pm. I'll be joined by Chrissy McCaig in the commentary boot and uh, we'll be bringing you the only local Ulster commentary of that game so 
if you're around the world please do share that with all your dairy friends wherever you are around the world let them know that, that they can listen to that full live commentary um, on weareulster.com uh, don't forget as well to check out the We Are Ulster podcast this week where we've got an interview Declan Bogue caught up with Donald McAnallen who um, wrote a book The Pursuit of Perfection yeah um, The Life, Death book. and Legacy of Cormac McAnallen that's it's, it has, I haven't read it yet but I'm looking forward to it I'm going to get it on the Kindle tonight yeah should be very good and I also spoke with Chrissy McCaig previewing the, the minor game as well as we had discussions about the new Fermanagh management of um, of Rory Gallagher and of course Ryan McMenamum so a very entertaining podcast check that out share it on SoundCloud on your Facebook and on your Twitter pages and thanks very much for listening we have a very busy weekend on live coverage on wearecavan.com it starts with the ladies final Live on wearecavan.com at 2pm on Saturday.